So what have you been up to over Christmas as a family? You've been able to get together, hopefully, play some games. What have you been playing? Well, we sometimes play Trivial Pursuits. I don't know about you, but uh, I thought it'd be good to start uh, the talk this morning with uh, some biblical trivia. So we're going to focus a bit on Isaiah later on. And uh, I just wanted to share some of those interesting trivia facts to with you. So first of all, Isaiah is a book that has two very clear sections in it. And it comprises of 66 chapters all of different lengths. The dividing of the Bible into chapters and verses, as we know, was a a later edition by various editors. But it's interesting that there are 66 chapters in Isaiah, and that happens to be the same number of books that are in the Bible. What is fascinating, and you can take your own view on this, is that the first section is 39 chapters long, which is the same number of books in the Old Testament. The second section of 27 chapters is the same number of books in the New Testament. And even more interesting, the focus of the first section is all about the subject matter we do read about in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, the history, the land, the enemies and the kingdoms. It's actually a summary of the message of the Old Testament. And similarly, the second section is also a summary, but of the New Testament themes, the suffering servant, the Messiah, the church, and the future glory. What you will also find interesting are some familiar quotes that you would probably normally associate with the New Testament. How about these? Grieving the Holy Spirit. God shall wipe away all tears. You shall be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. All of those come straight out of the second section of Isaiah. The New Testament is actually full of quotes from Isaiah, especially the second section. And the important thing to also remember is that both the Apostle Paul and Jesus himself quote from Isaiah more than any other Old Testament book. And indeed that's the section that precedes what we'll be looking at later. is a well-known example. Let me read what it says in Luke's Gospel. And you will see. Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And rolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressor free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. 
Indeed, if you really want a, a quick understanding of the Bible, it has been said that the book of Isaiah is a miniature Bible and will give you a, a good understanding of the whole Bible as well as some other interesting insights. So why not maybe this holiday period sit down and read it? It's not that long. It only take you three and three quarter hours to four hours in one sitting. But I'd encourage you to do that. Get familiar with Isaiah, what he says about himself, his future, our future. Let's have our reading today. Thank you for that reading. Uh, Isaiah 61, 62. And uh, our theme this morning is garments of salvation. And uh, that might seem an obscure title. Thank you, Laurie. However, we're going to look at this uh, in a little bit more detail later on. But I thought it was uh, good for us to just think about Isaiah. Uh, he had a very special encounter with God in the temple. And he experienced uh, an amazing time of worship and he experienced very much the holiness of God. And we do know that he felt so unworthy to be called by God, but he did and he picked up that commission to preach and to prophesy. One of the keys to understanding prophecy is our need to get our heads around time. In many of the prophecies there are dual and even multiple fulfillments of events. For some, we need to use a microscope to dig down into the details and the here and now. But at other times, we need to use a telescope to understand what is on the horizon. This is the more complex as these views are two-dimensional. And of course, our modern world has introduced us to seeing things in three dimensions and virtual worlds. So with these two dimensional prophecies, we need to recognize that there could be overlapping images or scenes with one event on top of another. The reality, though, is that there could be a chosen a chasm of time between them and that the first image could also be hiding other things because we are only looking at the biggest picture. So our subject for today, Garments of Salvation, and our focus for a short while is on just a few verses in our Isaiah reading. Verse 10 of 61. I delight, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Let's think about that word salvation. It means many things, and I remember writing an essay on that very subject, which identified at least 13 models of salvation and what it can mean. Don't worry, I'm not going to go anywhere near expanding these, except to probably focus on the core meaning. 
We have heard in our carols the message of Christ the Saviour is born. Christ was born to save. The angels saying, a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. You see, the bottom line is that we all need saving. We have all inherited this sinful state from Adam, who with Eve disobeyed God and was banished from God's presence. Similarly, we are trapped in our sin unless someone comes to save us. And that is what we've been celebrating this Christmas time. God has sent his son Jesus to this world to die and rise again, which deals with our sins and so he can become our saviour. Here in this passage, Isaiah is seeing into the future. He is seeing pass across to his future eternal state. And he describes it so beautifully as God clothing him and covering him. But Isaiah sees more. It's not just an undergarment. God also arrays him with a robe of righteousness. So rather than being banished from God's presence, we can now enter it as righteous people because that same work of Jesus has put us right and into a new relationship with God. It's interesting to see that we're not only clothed but robed and there is a greater significance in that. When we robe or dress someone, it's because we want to we want others to appreciate and recognize the value we place on them and, and, and to recognize the honor that is being bestowed. As we have done with our decorations this Christmas, we use them to help us celebrate and rejoice. So isn't it amazing that God wants to do just that for Isaiah and for us? It's likely that these robes are the quality of that made for priests and royalty. But again, that shouldn't surprise us either. That famous John passage we have at Christmas reminds us that yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. As children of God, we wear royal robes to show our God and King's favour and pleasure. The image in Isaiah is further enhanced by the way a Jewish bridegroom and bride prepare for their wedding day. For the men, not a three-piece suit or morning suit with tails, but a special tunic and an ornate turban. For the ladies, it's jewels, lots of them. Need I say more? But collectively, this imagery doesn't stop as we read later in our passage that Isaiah declares, you will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. Here he is talking about the nation of Israel and subsequently to us, the church, as the bride of Christ. And later in the passage, for the Lord will take delight in you and your land will be married. 
as a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. What an amazing reality and picture of how God so deeply cares and loves us. He has committed to us to the point of marrying us as his church. He offers these garments of salvation to us freely. But we do need to accept them and wear them. Remember, they are not like that knitted jumper, cardigan, gloves or scarves that you may not want this Christmas and want to discreetly dispose of. But take to heart and see the picture of these garments of salvation that Isaiah sees. Friends, really enjoy the rest of the 12 days of Christmas, celebrating the birth of our, of our Saviour Jesus. But why not, if you haven't already, make God smile and rejoice this Christmas by receiving the gift of his Son Jesus, because his salvation for us is just like these garments, a precious, rich, expensive and royal gift.